solution with Revitalize is thousands strong, and it's those thousands of our listeners who have helped make Revitalize the number one holistic and science-driven weight loss program in the Valley. Revitalize is an all-natural program that won't have you taking hormones, injections, or drinking shakes, and they guarantee results. 20 pounds of weight loss, in fact. Their technology is second to none, and it's all geared towards helping you lose weight and keep it off. Revitalize now has two locations to help you, Awatuki and North Central Phoenix, and they're a proud nutrition partner of the Phoenix Suns. Schedule your initial consultation with Revitalize today by calling 480-435-3557 or online at RevitalizeWeightLoss.com. Big news about 72 sold. I'm Jamie West. A local title company just verified that over the past two years, sellers who use 72 sold averaged 10% higher sale prices than the local MLS average. 10%. That means if you have a $500,000 home, you could put 50000 more in your pocket. And 72 sold gets you more money with a lot less hassle. No daily showings. You choose your closing date and stay in your home for up to six months. Put in your address and get a price for your home at 72sold.com. Hi, I'm Ron Hess inviting you to the Window Depot with two Valley locations off 45th Avenue in Camelback and 44th Street in McDowell. We are fully stocked with everything you need for your kitchen remodel, starting with a huge selection of in-stock cabinets and custom cabinetry in a variety of colors and styles. We've got countertops and flooring and tile too. Our warehouses have everything you need, the best prices and biggest inventory. It's all at the Window Depot. Visit thewindowdepot.com. That's thewindowdepot.com or come in and see the warehouse today. Your mortgage is killing you. It's killing you by straddling you with debt for decades, limiting your ability to build wealth and forcing you to pay too much for your home due to the bank's dreaded amortization schedule. The Life Changer Loan is different only in every way. Pay principal first, have 24-7 access to your equity, and our average clients pay off their home in well under five years without changing a dime of spending habit. It's not magic. It's just math. So check us out at LifeChangerLoan.com. That's LifeChangerLoan.com. Arizona Mortgage Broker Number MB1002031, NMLS Number 1863775, Life Changer Loan Corp. is an equal housing lender. Hey everybody, it's Dan Bickley and I'm here with my good friend Shane O'Hanrahan, General Manager of Chapman BMW. How do customers go about finding their ultimate driving machine? Now more than ever, it's important to reserve your BMW before it hits a lot. Inventory is super tight, but you can talk to some of our sales staff now. Lock in today's rates and prices on any pre-order vehicle and we'll have your car delivered ASAP. Thanks Shane, that's Chapman BMW. Two great locations, one great experience. KMVP FM Phoenix, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. This hour powered by FanDuel. Hey, good morning, everyone. I am Sarah Kazell with the latest from the Arizona Sports Desk, presented by MyGuy.com, Arizona's most trusted referral source. The Suns have won four of their last five now, with last night's 131-115 win over the New Orleans Pelicans. Devin Booker put up 27 points in 30 minutes, along with eight assists and five rebounds. The Suns play again tonight, facing the Rockets in Houston, starting at five. We've got the game in two places, ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD2. The Coyotes won again last night. They beat the Canadiens in Montreal 6-3, six goals from six different players. And the Oats now have won six of their last seven to continue the trend. They've only lost one game in the month of March. To baseball, the Diamondbacks are adding a reliever, Keone Kella, on a minor league deal. Last year, he made 12 appearances for the Padres, sporting a 5.06 ERA and 10 and two-thirds innings pitched. John Heyman of MLB Network says Kella should be ready midseason as he recovers 
from Tommy John surgery. In two more playing games today in the NCAA men's basketball tournament at 342 16 seeds, Wright State and Bryant. The winner of that one moves on to play one seed Arizona on Friday. And then at 610 tonight, two 11 seeds, Notre Dame and Rutgers. The winner of that game will play six seed Alabama also on Friday. The latest is brought to you by Waltz. Receive a free television screen cleaner with purchase when you buy online and pick up in store with Waltz. Waltz, your appliance, audio, video, and smart home experts. Wolf and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. This sort of feels like... It's not the calm before the storm. What is this? It's like the eye of the hurricane, right? Yes, this is it right here. Yeah. yeah. The just, eye. Just nobody's signing. Yes. And yet some of the Silence. biggest names are out there. Silence, and yet it swirls. Does it not Chandler Jones? Does it not Vaughn Miller? Does it not Tyron Matthew? What about Teron Armstead, who was like the number one rated uh, yeah. free agent everywhere? I haven't even like heard speculation of where he might go. Well, they just were... out there. He was number one... Courtesy of Pro Football Focus, I believe. He's number one on a few lists. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, I mean, yeah. at CBS, no, they I, I saw a Pro Football Focus list had him number one. Yeah. I don't know if other scouts felt the same now, way. You're always on that Pro Football I'm, Focus, I'm just saying you? right now, honestly. <laughs> yeah, really? What's going on there? CBS, I'm looking right now. They had him one, Miller two, J.C. Jackson, Chandler Jones, Carlton Davis. Of those top five guys, only J.C. Jackson and Carlton Davis have signed with teams. And Davis stayed in Tampa. Obviously, J.C. Jackson went to the Chargers, so... Armstead, Miller, Chandler Jones still out there, among others. I mean, I rattled off some of the big names that are out there. Those three, Allen Robinson, Stephon Gilmore, Bobby Wagner, Tyron Matthew. That's, uh, that's a pretty good collection of mostly defensive talent right there that's available. So you have to think one of these dominoes falls, and then a few of them are going to start to fall. Now, Wolf, I could sit here and speculate what it's yeah. like to be a free agent right. at this time of year. You've done it. Now, it, what you, you got? You have to set this up for us. You got to give us the year. You got to tell us how different it yeah, is now. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it. You give me a beat. As a matter of fact, okay. as I broadcast in my Dr. Dre's, my beats, Basinonians. Listen, the year was 1992, and I was playing for the Arizona Cardinals. I was a free agent, a Plan B free agent, ladies and gentlemen, in 1992, which basically meant you were not Plan A, if you know what I mean. That's rude. It was Plan B. And my agent called me and said he was offered a two-year deal with the Cleveland Browns for $1.2 million, ladies and gentlemen. 1992 and 1993, there were going to be some great years for the Wolfley compound. Are you kidding me? $1.2 million for a blocking fullback and a special teams player? Bill Belichick was the coach of the Browns, and he wanted me to head up their special teams and block for Kevin Mack, Eric Metcalf, and Tommy Vardell. Ooh! $1.2 million was just incredible for me, based on means, but I loved the Arizona Cardinals, and I didn't want to leave. I had played seven years for the Cardinals. I had gone to four Pro Bowls. I was a six-time team captain in seven years for the Cardinals. I didn't want to leave. 
So I picked up the phone and I called Larry Wilson. Larry Wilson, of course, was the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals at that point in time. A man that I still have love in my heart for every time I think of him. I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, Larry, I want to come in and see you. He said, Ron, you do that. You come in and you see me. Because I wanted to do it face to face. So I went over to the facility, the facility building right there on Hardy. I went over there and walked into his office and I said, Larry, I don't want to leave here. The Browns are offering me a two-year deal for $1.2 million. Can you give me $300,000 a year? Can you? I Seriously, this is how badly I wanted to stay right where I was. Can you give me $300,000 a year? After some negotiation, I came down to three hundred. dollars That was my bottom line. Mm. And he looked at me and he said, Ron, let's go for a walk. <laughs> and he picked up his pack of cigarettes, ladies and gentlemen, put his sunglasses on, and walked me out of the building. And right down Hardy Road we went, walking down that road. And he said, Ron, he lit up his cigarette. You've got to take that offer because we can't come close to offering you anything near that. And I said, Larry, I don't want to leave, though. And he said, Ron, think of your family. He was right. Yeah, that's a significant chunk of money. The year was 1992, and I was playing for the Arizona Cardinals. All right, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy, though. What happened when you got to Cleveland? <laughs> because now, because where this is coming no, from is, is great. When we had James Conner on yesterday, I thought one of the things that really stood out that he said was how how big of a of a life change it was for him to say, "Okay, I'm going from playing for the Steelers of all teams for his entire career." Yeah. You know, what was it, four or five years at that point? To come out here to the desert, a complete unknown, and it obviously worked out for him. You could make the case last year has been the best year of his career. He had a, we had a really good year. I think his second year with Pittsburgh too. But one of the things he said was. I hope that happens for Chase Edmonds going across country from Arizona to Miami. Yeah, you know, for me, it was just so weird. It was a different era. It was a different time. Um, These guys aren't nearly as bellicose toward each other as we used to be. I'm sorry. But going into a different locker room, one of the reasons why I didn't want to go into somebody else's locker room is because I was so comfortable in the Arizona Cardinals locker room. I knew exactly what our culture was. I knew exactly what coach wanted. I knew exactly what was expected of me. And I knew exactly every guy in that room what I expected from him. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it leads to this question. What would your decision have been if it wasn't Cleveland, if it was Dallas or Washington or the Giants <laughs> or teams where I'm guessing you had probably angered a few guys in those locker rooms? Yes, no doubt about it. That yeah. would have been very, very nasty. But I did walk into the Cleveland Browns locker room, not as a teammate. I walked in there. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Um, I had already made enough enemies in the league after playing seven <laughs> seven years in the league. I had made enough enemies. I walked into that locker room knowing I was going to have to prove myself from the very beginning, from that first day, that first practice. I walked in, and I basically had my jaw squared because I knew I'll take you, Luke. I'll take you. I'll take you. And, oh, you better believe I'm coming after you. It's actually the way you start every show meeting too now. So it's now I know the, the, the genesis of that. Can I can I just tell you, Basin Onions, how I got my butt kicked so much of the time after I walked in and said, I'll take you and you and you. But you know what? I never stopped trying. 
to take you, or you, or you, especially you. I never stopped trying. That was just my mentality back then. I'm not saying it was the right way to do it. I'm not saying it was the right way to be. But man, it's a weird feeling, especially back in 1992, where the NFL was still a very bellicose situation where coaches were teaching you, brother, you've got to hate the enemy. That's what they were teaching you. And when you'd go out and play that physical brand of football and you'd get into some dust-ups on the field, yeah, you know what? Walking into a strange locker room with guys that you have already gotten into some dust-ups with, that was a weird feeling, man. All right, the Cardinals are signing somebody. So when we come back, we'll get into that. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. So, guys, so much for the Cardinals not signing a free agent outside. According to Jordan Schultz, cornerback Jeff Gladney is signing with the Cardinals. All right. Well, here we go. The Gladney with the glad hands. It's you already have a nickname for him. Well, no, of okay. course not. Glad um, hands, Gladney. That's a tongue twister. Glad like hands, Gladney. Right yeah, I don't know if I would try that on the air until you've you done know it what? a few times I, during a game. Can I tell you right now? I, I love this. I love this because Jeff Gladney is going to get a second chance. Basinonians. He was found innocent of all charges in a court of law, and that matters to me. Um. Again, I don't know the particulars of the story. All I know is a jury of his peers found him innocent of these charges. Having said that, um, he's got a lot to prove going forward, and I love that. He's a very talented guy, a guy that was drafted in the first round, and one of the reasons why he was drafted in the first round was because he was an incredible competitor at TCU. A guy that was a competitor extraordinaire. He's going to be even more hungry. He's going to show up and he's going to ball out. I, I love this. The opportunity is there for Jeff Gladney. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, you know, the big thing, like you said, is he was found innocent. I would have a lot of mixed feelings if it was like, oh, he's done his time and now he's coming back. He was found innocent. So, I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do? You don't know the guy. You have to assume that he was innocent then. And so that's why... Uh, that's I'm sure. I mean, the Cardinals. We we had the the report earlier that they met with him last night. I'm sure they met with him and and probably grilled him and quite a bit. I mean, that was that was definitely a job interview, and it sounds like uh, he did well with it. So all we can do is look at it from the football perspective. And what this does for the Cardinals is it gives them a cornerback who was just drafted in the first round in 2020. And again, we can only look at it through the football perspective. It's not like he was bad in 2020. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. There you just keep on coming, guys. According to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, four-time Pro Bowl pass rusher Chandler Jones is finalizing a deal with the Raiders. Whoa! I told you, though. I didn't tell you the Raiders, but I told you it was going to happen today. The AFC West. Of course it makes perfect sense. Luke, why did you say that? Why did you not offer up the AFC West? I did. I said ship them over to the AFC. talking about the Bills, the Bills, the Bills. That was Maloney. Oh, that was, yeah. Okay, Baltimore, you were talking about the Ravens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It makes sense. Yes. The AFC West. Quarterback you, baby. Hey, you know who the Raiders aren't? The Rams. 
That's all I care about. He's not playing for the Rams. You know what? That is that is an excellent offering by you right there. That is a second wave that is coming over <laughs> me right now. The first wave was, yeah, AFC West, where the quarterback lives and dies, metaphorically speaking, because Man, you better wow. have a pass rush in that division. You better have a pass rush or you're getting completely hosed. The Chiefs are getting passed. I don't know if they've gotten passed yet. I shouldn't say that, but... Everybody in that division. Okay, so you got the Chiefs, who are pretty consistently, I think, the best team in the NFL going into the season. Okay, okay? right. So the season ends, and since then, Denver has added Russell Wilson. They've added Randy Gregory. Yes. The uh, the Chargers have added Khalil Mack, on top of J.C. Jackson and a bunch of other guys, to go with Joey Bosa. You're talking Joey about the defense. Bosa, hello. And now you got the Raiders, who I think are pretty clearly the fourth best team, but they're still a good team. They were just in the playoffs. This move from the Raiders is like, no, we're not. We're not content being fourth best in a division where all four wow. teams are really good. What do you got, Mel? Oh, I thought... <laughs> you want breaking <laughs> news every minute something. and a half? Exactly. I thought she was going to break it again. Okay, you know what? Honestly, right now, good for Chandler Jones. I'm sure he got paid. Um, don't know what the particulars are right now, but I will tell you that this is really going to be the AFC West, man, is really going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It, this it, is it really be is. Fun. I, I'm, I'm just trying to like come to terms with my reaction to this because my reaction is kind of excitement. And the Cardinals just lost their best pass rusher. That they, but the thing is, that's just my natural reaction, and I'm I'm trying to process it now, Wolf. I think it's because I just always assumed Chandler Jones was gone. Yes, and we had gotten to the point where it was looking more and more like he was going to the Cowboys or the Rams. Yes, the fact that Chandler Jones didn't go to the Cowboys or the Rams, the only other pass rusher out there like that now is Von Miller. He can only go at worst case to the Cowboys or the Rams. He can't go to both of them. So. Just keep shipping the talent over to the I AFC. Know. No, you're right about that, man. It is. And I'm happy for Chandler Jones because obviously he got paid something. The Arizona Cardinals were not able to pay him. And I said goodbye, honestly, to Chan in my heart weeks ago. Just did not really see a scenario in which Chandler Jones would come back. Now, we've been talking over the last couple of days about, oh, man, is the money going to dry up out there? Is the money drying up out there? And is Vaughn Miller going to be the guy that signs next? And what about what does that mean for Chan? Could the Cardinals possibly be players? They're restructuring contracts. They're freeing up money. Um yeah, so there was a shred of hope that maybe somehow, some way, they could actually sign Chandler Jones. But this is one of my favorite Cardinals. He's one of my favorite Cardinals ever. This is a guy that actually signed a five-year, $83 million contract with the Arizona Cardinals and got better. You you show me guys who sign for big money, big money contracts like that, who actually get better. They don't... I, I, I shouldn't say that. It's not like there's a ton of examples in the NFL. It's not the norm. There are it's not, not the norm. Yeah. No, that, that was that was one of the things that has really stood out with Chandler Jones. Uh, he's, uh, am I forgetting anybody? He's the best pass rusher that the Cardinals have had in any time I can remember. And we're talking about the, one of the premier two or three best pass rushers in the NFL, I would say, for the majority of his time with the Cardinals. So, at least in recent memory, 
Um, Bertrand was he was good. There yeah, no B Train was good too. B Train was really really good. So baby. probably since him, right? Since B Train, I yeah. would say no doubt. Either way, you're talking one of the best pass rushers the Cardinals have had. Yes, and, no uh, doubt. Um, Maloney, what was the the potential trade you just said there? The Raiders are going to move somebody for Rocky Sin to the Colts. It sounds like they're making yeah. a trade. Yannick Ngakwe. Okay, is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. He's expected to be traded to the Colts in a trade with cornerback Rockison. You know, it's it's um thank you. It's uh it's funny. Did you see Chandler Jones tweet last night? He did the eyes emoji because uh somebody had tweeted out, I think it was NFL Network, Chandler Jones will sign with blank, right? Yeah. So he tweeted out the eye emoji, immediately Matthew Judon of the Patriots responded, New England Patriots. And then Darius Leonard, I can't find Darius Leonard's response now. It was uh, it was chill out now. <laughs> it was so it was there was yeah. just this discourse between those here's two. A, here's a funny tweet. So Kyle Odegaard, former Cardinals writer, just tweeted, just when Russell Wilson thought he was getting away from Chandler Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent right there that's, by Kyle. That's fantastic. What's up, Kyle? Um <laughs> man, I will tell you this is the AFC West is going to be very, very cool to watch. The quarterbacks in that division, of course, and now all of a sudden the pass rushers that are going to be in this division. This is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I think the NFC West is going to acquiesce the title of the beating heart of the football universe to the AFC West. Yeah, they're going to have to. Uh, we we were talking about this uh, last week before they had even made all these moves, and uh, Lorenzo Alexander was like, well, don't forget about the uh, the NFC North, with because uh, with, I mean, that was a pretty good division last year, right? And they're right there. But the arms race now in the a- not the NFC North, the AFC North, the arms race in the uh, in the AFC West right now is is just ridiculous. It mirrors what we saw in the NFC West last year, where it was like, okay, well the Cardinals are going to get JJ Watt, so then the Rams are going to go out and get Matthew Stafford, and then the Cardinals get Zach Ertz, and the Rams add you know Von Miller midseason, and uh, and San Francisco made some moves as well. But um, you know this is uh, this this is getting crazy over in the AFC West. Loving it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Okay, so with that news, the Cardinals have added a corner, but they are now in desperate need of of an edge rusher. So when we come back, what exactly is this team missing from its starting lineup now? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. All right, hit it. According to our own John Gambadoro, Cardinals tight end, Max Williams (laughs) is returning to Arizona on a one-year deal. Yes! I just wanted to capture the moment. Just, just to okay the visual reaction of, of Ron Wolfley. Okay, we all expected this, though, my brothers. Did we not? Yes, we did. Luke, we expected this. We did, but now it's official. Now it's official, though. Max well, Williams is signing with the Arizona Cardinals. That's interesting because Max Williams is really a stud tight end, ladies and gentlemen. He is an inline tight end. He is an inline tight end that brings balance to a football team. And now, all of a sudden, instead of having 11 personnel a lot in rundown situation, first and 10, second and 1 to 6, guess what? Might be 12 personnel. And I think you can remove the might. 12 personnel in rundown situations with Zach Ertz as the move tight end. All right, so what is that's that's three Cardinals related moves in the last 15 minutes. Right? I What's mean, going on, right? Steve Steve Kime <laughs> is busy right now. Call so, me. 
They, uh, in case you've missed it, in case you were away from the radio for 15 minutes, how dare you? They, uh, they've gone out and added Gladney to their, uh, their secondary. So you have Jeff Gladney now. We'll get into where exactly he fits in. The Cardinals adding him uh, after meeting with him last night. The former uh, first round pick in the Minnesota Vikings in 2020 played what you said. He played 16 games in 2020, started 15 of them, then was arrested, then was just recently found not guilty. So the Cardinals add him. Chandler Jones, who I think we all expected was not going to be with the Cardinals, but, you know, he, he was still out there until about 10 minutes ago, is going to Vegas. Not just to hang out in Vegas, but to play for the Raiders. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Chan is a big gambling, ladies and gentlemen. Ron Wolfley reporting. And then uh, in the last couple minutes, Gambo reporting that uh, Max Williams is coming back. So that's a lot of shuffling from from what we had even 20 minutes ago, Wolf. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love this right now, especially because Zach Ertz and Max Williams are such good friends as well. This is... This is very, very cool. There has been a paradigm shift in the Arizona Cardinals and the offense that I think they're going to run going forward. We'll see. Maybe I'm dead wrong on this. We'll see, ladies and gentlemen, but I don't think that I am. I think 12 personnel is going to replace 11 personnel as the primary personnel group in rundown situation, which is first and ten, second and one to six. That's classic rundown situation right there. That is a big deal. That's a paradigm shift to me. So if that's the case, I'll keep coming back to the same question I've had now for the last few days, ever since they added Zach Ertz. Or didn't add Zach Ertz, but re-upped with him for a few years now. I've been approaching this offseason as the Cardinals need to replace Christian Kirk and they need to replace A.J. Green. Yeah. A.J. Green's still unsigned, but Christian Kirk made like $18 billion with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Still the highest paid player in free agency, by the way. Um, so do you have to replace... Christian, yeah, baby! Yeah! I'm serious, man. I'm so happy for you, dude. Do you have to uh, replace two wide receivers if what you're saying ends up being true, or do you go into the season with DeAndre Hopkins, somebody that you add, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz, and Max Williams? You can only have 11 guys on the field at one time. Yes, exactly. Um, Once again, knowing that 12 personnel, or believing, I should say, i got to be careful there, believing that 12 personnel with two tight ends is going to be your primary personnel group in rundown situation, which is representative of the vast majority of reps you're going to get. Um, I would have to say that, yeah, Rondell Moore and D-Hop, but that means Rondell Moore, a lot of the time, will be playing on the outside. And that's something that a lot of people um, think he's more of a slot guy. And I would say yes, but when you've got the kind of speed that he does, he can play on the outside if he can get off the press. Well, because either way, you're going to add one more receiver. They still, I believe, still have to add a receiver, like a high-profile receiver, or high-profile is not the way to put it, but a, but a guy that's going to play, like a number two receiver, in my mind. you got to add a number two receiver at this point, whether it's through the draft, whether it's through free agency, whether it's through a trade, although I don't know who, who Houston has left. Um, you're going to have to add somebody. It's really interesting that you're saying this right now. I, I, I get what you're saying about a wide receiver, bringing somebody in. But do you have to add two? I, I No. 
That's that's what I'm saying. Everybody has approached this as they have to add two receivers. No. I think you only have to add one. Yes, now. correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes, because this is again a shift away from a lot of three wide receiver sets and more of twelve personnel, which is two wide receivers and two tight ends. So having said that right here, you know what else is interesting right now? To your point, you said this a little bit earlier, so I'll give you credit for it. Even though you didn't know it, you stumbled into it. No, you said it just that, looks that way. You said that Jeff Glad is like adding a draft pick. <laughs> and you're right. I, I knew what I said when I said that. You are right. Yeah. As a number, if this guy was a number one corner drafted out of TCU in 2020. Yeah, so not We're even not two years ago. We're not talking 2015. We're talking 2020. He's like adding that corner that maybe you would have evaluated at number 23. Now, all of a sudden, maybe you're not going to do that because you've got a Jeff Gladney, a guy that fills that role of a young guy who's going to be hungry, who's really talented, and a guy that maybe you can coach up and turn into a real player. All right, so let's go to him because earlier today it, it sounded like the Cardinals were going to sign him when we had this conversation, but we didn't know that they had yet, okay? And, and the comment I made to you was, that's great. There's there's a lot of value if you really are getting a, a, a first-round caliber corner without even using your draft pick on him. Okay, that's huge. But you're not really adding an established corner. So now how does the depth chart break down at corner? I would assume Byron Murphy's still your number one. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Byron Murphy and then Marco Wilson, of course, and then here it comes. And then Jeff Gladney. Jeff Gladney is a guy that I would project to fill that third corner spot right there. But now all of a sudden, with that, with the fact that you've got that young corner, now, all of a sudden, wide receiver at number 23 as well comes into play. There's a real possibility. Maybe that's the way that you go. You got Rondell Moore. You got DeAndre Hopkins. And then all of, all of a sudden, you've got X. Chris Olave. At number 23. It is a very deep wide receiver draft. Maybe not Olave because of his 40 time, although that was that was very, not counted as an official time. No, I time. know. That is Good, so he drops back down so to 23. He does, okay. as a matter of fact. Yeah. So maybe Chris Olave will be there at number 23. I like that. They, they're saying that there may be eight wide receivers drafted at the first round, which is... Stunning. So you'll get one at 23 if you want, and you, you could, won't be reaching. You could get one, yes, at number 23 right there. Very, very interesting going forward. I still like Kenyon Green. I love the guard out of Texas A&M at number 23 if he's there. But now all of a sudden you've got a board, and you've got a board that is starting to narrow maybe a little bit. Because of Jeff Gladney, maybe, maybe you don't need that corner so desperately. You got a young corner, Marco Wilson. Heck, Byron Murphy is still a young corner. Yeah, very young cornerback. Yes. Very young. So, you know, now all of a sudden, maybe that wide receiver, maybe you're looking at an offensive guard and a wide receiver. Well, an option for Kyler Murray and a way to protect Kyler Murray. Those two things at number 23, you take the guy who's rated highest on your board. Can I throw one other position in there, though? Because, and we've said all along, it's nice to go into that spot where you, you have a little flexibility so you don't you haven't pigeonholed yourself into we have to get a a guard here at this pick because who knows who's going to be there at 23 you need an edge rusher yeah yeah okay so you throw that into the there's your three whoever is rated is high yeah whoever is rated the highest those three positions heck maybe even defensive tackle 
I mean, you could throw that into the mix as well. Yeah, yeah, because that's I mean, what do you you need now in terms of starters on defense? You need an edge rusher and a defensive tackle. Yeah, and on offense, you need a guard and a wide receiver. Man, that is good. I'm just writing out their starting lineup right now. Those are really their only starting lineup needs, and you can still get somebody through free agency. But again, this is in, this is not anything new. But this is why you have to hit on your draft picks. They really could use their first and second round picks this year to fill two of those needs. And if they get that wolf, if they're able to draft an edge rusher or whoever with the first round pick and a wide receiver or whoever with the second round pick, and they can fill two starting lineup spots, yeah, they're in a pretty good spot. I like but they got to hit on those. They got to hit. <laughs> The weather's getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water for life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA. Text SWIM to 620-620. Coming up next, we'll switch uh, gears to baseball. Reliever Keona Kella reportedly agreed to a contract with the D-backs, so we'll talk to the D-backs GM Mike Hazen next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, excited to get this started now. Oh, yeah. D-backs front office focus, which of course means baseball is coming back. The D-backs have their first spring training game on Thursday. Salt River Fields against the Rockies and their season opener, April 7th, not that far away at home against the San Diego Padres. Joining us right now on the 72-sold sports line is the general manager of your Arizona Diamondbacks, Mike Hazen. Uh, Mike, first of all, thank you for the time. How, how, how are you doing now that we've got baseball back? Yeah. Great to have baseball back. I mean, that basically sums everything up. You know, it was a, it was a different winter. Um, <clears throat> and I know, you know, the fans wore it the most. You know, the people that come out to watch our games and support our players and support our team. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great that we're back here. And the fans are starting to come back out to Salt River, um, much like every, you know, right of every spring, where they're out watching the guys uh, out on the backfields. And a couple days we'll be out on the front field. So it'll be even better. Um, but it's good to have the players here it's good to have back where we all belong and um i'm looking forward to another 162 game grind mike how crazy has this free agent period been right now and were you able to prepare for it yeah we had a lot of long months of sitting around and looking at the same stuff for a long time so um it was it was different it's crazy just because of the time wolf like it's it's not necessarily you know look the the baseball free agency is spread out over a long period of time so yes there's it's probably in a little different phase it's not unlike what we dealt with right up before the deadline when you saw all those signings come in and now you know there's a different little bit of a different pressure on the market just because guys want to get into camp and get with their teams right um and so that's happening as we speak and you know, it's 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 just different. It's different to have guys here and us actively having options to consider out more the more the trade market than the free agent market. Mm. I I said this uh, in the media uh, a few minutes ago. At this point, trade trade activity stops for the most part during spring training. You know, teams are set. You know, they may pick up some free agents at the end of spring. There might be some non roster deals. You may be looking at some of that stuff, but. By and large, the trade market is dead, and the trade market is not dead uh, right now, even with guys in camp. So that's still spurring on a decent amount of activity. We're talking to D-backs general manager Mike Hazen. Uh, Mike, one of the moves you guys have made, bringing Ian Kennedy back, who had a, you know, a nice four-year run in the early uh, 2010s. What was the, uh, the, the thought process behind this move? 
Yeah, he's trans- been <clears throat> transitioned back into the back end of the bullpen uh, quite nicely. He's got good stuff. Um, we we needed a bullpen that has more stuff. Um, we also, along with Mark and others, we needed to. One of the things we've continued to try to do is solidify those games that we need to win. Uh, we did not do a very good job of that last year. That is something that can be cleaned up and needs to be cleaned up. Um, you know, when you're playing in the division that we do, you have to take advantage of those games when you're when you're up late in games. I, and and I and I think it's critical. The team is probably going to be a little younger than it's been in the past, on the whole. And and for younger players and younger teams, and talking about teaching them how to win. Um, you need to win the games that you can win because it's a little harder to roll over the next day. Um, I think for, you know, the veteran teams, it still stings. I think the veteran teams have a little different rhythm to them. Uh, and, and when you, when those things happen, I think there's a greater chance for a snowball effect when, when it's a younger team. And, and so that was really the focus of adding those guys, uh, and we're still looking to continue to improve that area of our team. Mike, how concerned are you in regard to Zach Gallon? Uh, I'm not overly concerned right now. I think I'm, I, if you want to lay my level of concern from a timing standpoint, you know, like opening day, uh, I guess there's, you know, depending on how he continues to progress, but physically, he seems to be in a good place. Um, he's throwing his bullpens. He's reporting that he's feeling good. So I, I'm not, well, you know, the, the, the specific diagnosis, the MRI, all that stuff seemed to pretty much work in, um, in, our, in his and our favor in terms of what, what all that really meant. Um, he was just a little slowed up. Unfortunately, at this time of year, when you get slowed up in your offseason throwing program, it, it delays you to a point where, you know, we, we never want to be on the other side of speeding them up to the point where we're doing something, you know, harmful for the, for the entirety of the 162-game season. So we're probably going to be pretty mindful and conservative about how we let the rope out a little bit, at least for opening day. Um, not saying that that's not possible, just that's how our mindset is, is set. But we feel like he's in a pretty good spot, uh, all things considered. Talking to Diamondbacks GM Mike Hazen. Uh, Mike, with, with some of the changes that, that came out of all the negotiating the last couple of weeks or, or months, I guess, uh, one of them is the designated hitter coming to the National League. I would assume as a GM, you don't typically have to deal with a, a complete position change in, in the middle of your career. How does that affect what you do? Well, kind of had a dry run in 2020. Um, and, and so... Um, you know, I think, and and we 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 get a little bit of that um, in in uh, our interleague stuff, right? It's not it's not something that we don't ever prepare for or plan for. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think it's it's not. We we have a long history of it. Most of us have come from the American League, actually, uh, and we we had a nice long history with a Hall of Fame designated hitter. How we construct that position, I think, is probably more. The nuance to the question in terms of do you use that position versus with versatility platoon either left right do you use it you know with defenders that um, you know have the ability not just to be DHs but may just DH on given days I think the ideal model is you find a slugger that can you know bang the ball around to the tune of a 900 plus OPS uh, I, that's that's probably a little. Um, 
a little outside of our reach today, that could be what we end up having down the road, though. So there's a, there's a number of different ways that you can look at that position, uh, and we are currently doing that. Mike, you like it, though, don't you? <laughs> do you I have do a like preference the on it? Yeah, I, I, but, exactly. I, but I do like watching Mad Bum hit, too, So and Granky before that. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit – and, and, by the way, Castellanos, who raked last year when he hit um, – if you remember that at yeah. the end of the season, I know you know there weren't a ton of bright spots, but I think he hit a I think he hit a rocket literally every time he swung the bat. So um, that, that that part of the game, you know, it's it is what it is. But I think hopefully with the DH looking to increase offense, looking to increase the entertainment of our of our sport, we're always mindful of that. We want to bring a great product to the fans, and you know, the, the, there's debates that are never going to get answered as to exactly what the best form of the game should look like. Um, it is what it is. It's a great game. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how we break up the roster. Well, another one of those changes, I mean, you guys, it's just well-known the division you're in is, is maybe the toughest in baseball year in and year out. The expansion to 12 playoff teams, I, I would assume it doesn't change your approach to the season, but maybe the mindset going in, there is another playoff spot available. 100%. I mean, it's great. Uh, you know, we'll take as many as we can get, um, especially if you're in a tough division, because especially as the schedule is unbalanced as it currently sits, um, you know, where you're playing the lion's share of your games against those really, really good teams. Um, you know, we're not the only team that has to deal with stuff like that. Uh, it, 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 but having more playoff spots available to you changes the dynamic at the outset of the season. And yeah, it does not change your mindset, but it changes your outlook a little bit at the outset of the season as it should. And it certainly changes your focus as you go through the middle of the season because now the position that you're in relative to that last spot is going to come at a lower win, at a lower win threshold, right? You, I mean, historically, you would imagine that, that you know, obviously that, that sixth team is going to have a worse record. And so, you know, you're, you're not chasing as high if you're in, in behind. And if you're in the mix for it, you know, I think it's going to give – better opportunity for those teams that traditionally can see a path to contention being more aggressive to buy and stay in it um, as you move through the season. That's certainly going to be my mindset. Mike, what do you think is the strength of your roster? I didn't hear that word. The what on my roster? What is the strength? What do you think is the strength of your roster? I think our strength has to be through pitching and defense. Uh, And and I... (laughs) You know, we're coming off the bottom from last year. Mm. I, I get that. Uh, I think we were pretty much 29th or 30th in both of those areas. Um, we have work to do. I think if we stay a little healthier in the rotation, the work that we're putting in now, additions to the roster, our focus on our fundamental defense, I think if we can raise that up, that is just going to be the way currently that we're going to need to play. And we like that way of playing baseball. Um, it's a way that's more consistent day-to-day. Um, we certainly recognize the need for offense. We are going to push for that offense. It's just I think currently cons- if we do things right, that pitching and defense has to be the way that leads us forward initial- initially. Mike Hazen, we appreciate the time, Thank man. You, Good Mike. luck this season. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Okay, Thanks, buddy. That's DBX GM Mike Hazen joining us right there. Yeah, I mean, baseball. I was looking at the at the spring training schedule at the start there and be like, oh, their first game is Thursday. Well, Thursday's tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Spring training Here starts tomorrow. It is, man. Thank goodness. I'm so thankful. Uh, Seriously. I know we all are. It is just awesome. Baseball is back. <laughs>
High of 81 tomorrow. Here we go. Sunny all day. Come on now. So there you go. Let's go, yeah, Vetter yeah, James. That's right. It's time for some baseball. All right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day, and there are a lot of them today with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It is the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.